You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast episode 268, brought to you by C2E2, Discount Comic Services, and iFanboy listeners like you. Hello, welcome to the iFanboys Pick of the Week podcast, episode 268. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hey. And Josh Flanagan. Did you fall down? Yes. At iFanboy, we are iFanboy. We like comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best one, writes about it on the website, talks about it in the podcast, along with the other books of the week, other topics of interests. Interests. I'm putting S's on the word, ends of every word tonight. Before warned. Before we get to the show, a quick reminder and a warning. This is a review show. We talk about the books of the week, so there'll be spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled, pause the show and come back. It'll be less stressful for everyone involved. And this week, Josh had the pick of the week. And you went out on a limb for this one. If a, if a pick falls in the forest and no one hears it, does it make a sound? No. That's my, apparently not. Um, I picked a Hellblazer number 275. Because every once in a while you like to go with the stereotype about who it is you are perceived to be. Um, <clears throat> but usually when I make a pick like this, I find most of the people who have been reading along with that title are like, well, yeah, hell yeah. Um this is the uh, the wedding of Constantine, um, Constantine actually, but I will never be able to say that correctly. Um, if if you've been following along with Hellblazer, uh, even even tangentially, uh, you know that I will have been saying, and people who've been reading it have been saying that uh, ever since Peter Milligan came on, uh, it's been great. It was great before that, but it's actually even a bit better since um, uh, Diggle was before this. And I and I remember thinking, oh, I don't I don't want Peter Milligan to come on because I'm not traditionally a big fan of his work. Um, but it's it's been great, and it's been one big story that we've been building up to this whole time, and and this is sort of the culmination. I remember quite a few issues back, uh, uh, he he proposed basically Constantine proposed marriage to this girl Epiphany, who's who's very young. I think she's twenty two in this, and her father is uh, is Terry Greaves, who's like a, a like a London gangster, and so. You know, everybody pictures Bricktop from Snatch, and, and that's what he looks like, and that's what I appear uh, is what he sounds like. And if, if you know anything about Cockney gangsters, you know that Connor. What are they? Scary. They're the scariest people on earth. They're, they're the most terrifying persons ever. Um, and, and and when this all started off, uh, she was just one of these characters who showed up, um, and then eventually, like they started this relationship, but it wasn't really like like a trip, typical kind of romance thing. Like it was just all of a sudden one day, like. We, you know, we should, we should, we should, let's get married. And, and then you're like, oh, no, that's, that's terrible. That shouldn't happen. But like over the course of the next few issues, um, you kind of got into it. And then by the time they get to this sort of wedding issue, you're like, you know what? This is right. And there were a couple of scenes in this that, that definitely convinced me that it was, it was a, it was a, it was a good idea and it was a cool idea. Cause one of the things about Constantine is that, um, if you've read a lot of his stuff and, and to be, Connor, you've read the Ennis stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. You know the best part of that stuff is that you know his his theme is that he fucks everything up. He fucks up every relationship. Uh, everything goes to hell. If you're close to him, you're probably going to get killed or or you know raped by a demon or just something really bad. And and in this one, you kind of like it feels like well things might go right. Now I know that eventually that won't be the case. Uh, something will go horribly wrong, and this girl will probably get killed, and and you know Constantine will live on to fight another day. 
but uh, you kind of wanted them to get a win. And in, in this issue, it looks like the wedding's about to happen, and they invite all these characters from, from the past. So if you've been reading along all the time, it's like a nice little uh, setback. Uh, Brendan, who was one of the characters from the Ennis run, was his, his Irish friend who died, um, who was a character I really liked. He came along, and Kit, who was the girlfriend from the Ennis run, who was sort of the, the love of John's life, and she was the one who got out and didn't get killed. Everybody else got killed. Um, and she came and there was a really nice little scene between them where, you know, he, he said, no, she said, do you, do you love her? Like, like you do me. And he said, he said, yeah, I, I love her just like I loved you, but more. And it was just, I was just like, wow, that's, that's, it was, it's just really nice, uh, character stuff. And it, it felt like reading one of those, uh, Ennis issues, which I thought was one of the things I, I really, I really dug about it. And, you know, I've been saying all along that if, if you want to get into Hellblazer, you can kind of jump in at any arc, which, which I still believe is true. But this really was a thing that had something special for people who've read a lot of it. And, um, it was, it was, it was really fun for that. And, and, you know, of course everything goes wrong like it's supposed to. Uh, but then at the, at the end, you do get you do get you know things kind of going right. But then there's this gigantic cliffhanger because uh, of a of basically there's a John has like a demon side and he took over his body for a little while and did something really really terrible to his uh, his niece. And so like the last page, you're reminded of that, and and so that's going to be something they'll have to deal with later. Um, just it was just a, a great sort of uh, I don't know if it's the ending to the arc or whatever, but you know it was it was a good. It was a good culmination to this story that's been going on for, for a couple of years now. Um, I, I didn't even notice it um, when I wrote the Pick of the Week review, but there was actually a fill-in artist for some of the pages because this was an extra size issue. It was 38 pages in it. Um, so Sean Martinborough, who some of you might remember from he's, Detective he's, Comics. He's the guy on DMZ right now who I'm raving yep. about. Is yeah. He? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was on Detective Comics with, um, with Rucka during what is the best run of Detective Comics I've ever read. Uh, he did some of the pages in the middle here. Um, he's been doing, uh, DMZ came out this week and his pay, they killed again. Like his art yeah. was great again. Yeah. He's, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's, and he's been around a long time. So, you know, he's I, a pro. I never had any awareness of him until that DMZ issue. I mean, it would, I mean, which is just funny, you know, sometimes some people slip through the cracks, you yeah. don't notice them or you don't read a book. You never like, I didn't read the Batman book, so I didn't, you know, I never came across yeah. them. Yeah. So yeah, I've been, I've been getting that a lot lately. Some of the guys that we've been like, Oh, this guy's new. And you're like, no, he was around. Well, Giuseppe Camincoli, who's the, the penciler on this actually, I'm sorry, Martin Burrow just did finishes for some of it. Um, but Giuseppe Camincoli, who has, who is the, the penciler on this, like he did the intimates with Joe Casey. Yeah. yeah and he did And he did a bunch stuff. of stuff at Marvel too, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's been around, but like yeah. I just got to know him in the past few years and he's just one of those guys, like he's the Hellblazer artist now yeah. and he's been around long enough and he's just, he's great. And I remember uh, there was a pick of the week. I think the last time I picked Hellblazer's pick of the week two or three years ago now, maybe uh, he was the artist. That was sort of when he was just starting out and he had John in this, really ridiculous big double-breasted jacket and it just didn't look right and like but since then like he's got it he's nailed it a couple of times like it just felt like looking at those steve dylan uh pages from from the art from the ennis run um you know he does it all he just sort of does that rumpled john face where he's kind of craggy because he's in his you know god he's probably in his late 40s now i guess as a character but then there's also big demons and blood and gore and and scary things and he does this thing where he, his eyes the character's eyes show fear and rage and all these things in this exaggerated way that works really, really well. Um, it, I don't know. It was just, it, and if you read the comments of it, uh, people, you know, people have been reading along to this. This was just, it's just a great beat. It was a great, um, it was uh, just a great ending to the story. However, and I, and I mentioned this in my review, and I wanted to bring it up. It, um, it was not a perfect issue. It was sort of an emotionally like I'm like that was great. I really enjoyed it. 
more than anything else I'd read. But there was like this moment of confusion in the storytelling and, and the pacing where like it looked like a bunch of all hell broke loose at this wedding. And then you cut and they're at the reception. I was like, well, wait, what happened? Everybody storming the pews and. I don't know, it, well, I, and that's not the that's not the first time an imperfect issue makes the pick of the week. I mean, that's yeah. you know that's part of like it's like we're not looking for perfection; we're looking for what resonates with us. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I like I gave it a four stars because of that. Like I went back and I was like, no, I didn't miss something. There's a screw up here, but I didn't care because there were great moments in it, and there was great character stuff in it. And that's you know, it, this this is a character that I've been following for twelve years now. Um, you know, and, the, and this this is the book that won't quit. Yeah, I, I mean, can't imagine that's going to keep happening forever. Well, I, I, is there any reason to think not? I mean, 275, I mean, it just seems to be rolling on. You know what? I just figure at some point, because we're not, it's not DC Comics anymore, it's DC Entertainment. True, yeah. And I just think that at some point, somebody's going to look at a balance sheet, and they're going to go, this this isn't right. And then and then the editor's going to go, yeah, but it's been around for, and they'll be like, yeah. Well, it's, it's probably going to be right around the time that they fold the entire Vertigo line. Yeah, it's not fucked. Uh, great, great issue. Uh, you know, just for for what it was, uh, really well done. And and I mean, just the the team has been wonderful. I wrote a, po- a post on iFanboy a while back that just Hellblazer's just ridiculously good, and, and it still is. Um, and everybody who's been jumping on, you know, since I mentioned it, has, has really enjoyed it too. So that's been nice. You know, that storytelling was resolved in the missing two pages. <laughs> I, I imagine. Yeah, they, no, they like, we can lose these two pages. That's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> Except it was a 38-page story. Cause <laughs> well, yeah. Well, 40. <laughs> that makes more sense, I guess. <laughs> That's going to be the excuse now when anything goes wrong in DC Book. Well, it was in those other two pages. It was in those two pages. You cut them. I Sorry. Like that, I like that what they're doing is they're, they're commissioning the two pages. Everybody's still <laughs> yeah, they're doing it. They're just not printing yeah. them. Yeah. Well, I, well, that, and they pick two pages randomly and take yeah, them out. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not the last two pages. It's just two pages randomly. They don't have to be sequential or consecutive. They're just two randomly you know, two it, pages. The, the assistant editor walks into the editor's office and he just goes, give me two numbers. And he's like, 15... Uh, seven. <laughs> Just take those out. It, they have dice. <laughs> the thing is, is he's, half the comics that come out, you probably could get away with that. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that says about comics or what, but still, that's pretty funny. <laughs> so, um, so Superior, issue number four by Miller and uh, Laniel Yu came out, and I'm just continually fascinated with Mark Miller's fascination with Superman and inability to ever touch the character. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. amazing. You can't, you can't get over not getting the book in the 90s. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And this issue was like the whole superior premise of the, the kid with multiple sclerosis getting the powers of the Superman-like person. This was the issue that was the most like, oh, this is just Superman. <laughs> like, like reading it, I was just like, hey, don't get me wrong. I thought this issue was really, really good. Um, I picture you being on a bus and looking up and saying that to somebody. Yeah, yeah just randomly. And like, just, and like the people change off and somebody else comes on and you do it five pages later. Yeah. And like, oh, okay. But I thought this issue was interesting because it touches upon what's happening to the actor who played Superior in the movie. Like, yeah. basically, they're just like, listen, we can't make any movies anymore, so you have to go into hiding, which is kind of weird. And then, um, and then it goes into this whole thing where there's this intrepid uh, lady reporter who decides that the only way to land an interview with Superior is to be in danger and have him save her. And I was like, that's just Lois. I've, I've heard that. Yeah. I know. Well, it's the same gag, too. She's pulled yeah. the uh, get in the car and have it go in the water gag. Yeah, exactly. Was um, that in uh, Birthright or was that in Man of Steel? It's in Birthright, I think. You would know better than I would. It was uh, in the movie. No, no, or she had no, no. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, the movie was the helicopter. Yeah, the helicopter, and she didn't plan that. That just happened. Didn't she jump off the? No, Superman two. She jumped off Niagara Falls. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Man, he wrote I, Superman the, the animated series. That was the first job he had. He did. Yeah, no, he wrote the comic book of Superman the yeah. animated. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, and and he had a whole pitch for Superman. Ah, it's all that Same legend. Morrison Wade, but yeah. what I, I I like this a lot. I, I love the first issue. I didn't like the second very much. I didn't like the third even less. This one I liked a lot. This so. issue, I thought this issue was great. And like yeah. what I thought was great was that so you know he's going around and he's helping pe- as many people as he can, and crime is going down. And then he talks to the press and he's kind of coming out in public. And then his best friend gets you know kind of bu- you know bullied by some bullies, and he's just sitting there watching TV. And his best friend's like, "What good are you? You know, like I'm you know I'm getting bullied. You're not going to help me." And he helps him, and he like f- screws with the kid, the bully. I th- like takes him to the North Pole and scares the bejesus out of him. And you know then decides you know he needs to do more, and you know goes to meet the president and decides that they're gonna, he's going to you know solve the Afghanistan war. You know, and um, but then our little intrepid space monkey returns and goes to the bully who now hates Superior, and it ends with the feeling of um, you know now we've got our villain, yep. which I thought was really really interesting. And then it left me going, how many issues is this series? I think it's six. Is it six? Yeah, because Nemesis was four. I was hoping you know like this ended. I'm like this is the, I don't see an end in sight. I see you know so see, but so much on the plotting. Yeah. I don't know if it's an ongoing or not, but either way, it was really good. I was just really surprised. I mean, like I, but it, it, it's just it's what he would do with Superman. It's hysterical. So. I don't think you can go on on spec forever. Yeah, true. I, mean, I don't know what the book's bringing in, but you know, eventually he's going to have to do an Avengers book. Well, it's Icon. It's Icon. He can do. It's Miller. It's yeah, I, It's still not paying. For he can it. do whatever he wants. It's Miller. He's no, insane. I, yeah, no, but yeah, yeah, that's true. So. Also, what you does is sell some more original art for four thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. That's true. He, he does. Yeah. He does have very expensive original. He art. could sell that cover art. Wowza! <laughs> He's getting better. I mean, I don't. I, I don't normally say bazoombas, but bazoombas. Oh. You give the people what they want. It's not like Mark Miller was like, "I need you to turn that down." You know, <laughs> he went for it. <clears throat> so anyway, but back on Iron Man. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Are you going to jump on with the point? Had- the point one issue. We have not had a lot of uh, – I haven't been buying a lot of books lately. So I was like, I should try – it's my pick this week and I should try something different. And, and of course, because I'd tend, I buy the biggest book you can possibly get when I want to try <laughs> something new because otherwise, what's the point? But I, I thought, well, it's a 500 issue. We'll, we'll go for it. And, uh, and I looked through it to make sure that it wasn't just like the, the culmination of some story I hadn't been reading. Um, but So I picked up Invincible Iron Man. I thought, man, I'll give it a shot because I do that every once in a while. And Salvador La Roca, um, well, we still have a problem with that. I, re- I, was, I, was reading, I was reading this, and what it is, I really hate the way he draws Tony Stark's face yeah. now. He's His people. Like Sawyer, still or not? And at one point they said, he's like, I'm 35. And I was like, fuck that, I'm 34. He looks 12 years older than me. <laughs> um, and, but, 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 uh, the, there was sort of, it was a really neat story. It was a single standalone tale of like a, a future tense. And, um, uh, uh, Spider-Man showed up and, and Tony like went to talk to Peter about what happened and I wasn't entirely clear like what actually happened anymore since Brand New Day um, but they, they sort of got around it a little bit where now people kind of do know that Peter is Spider-Man again they're kind of like yeah well we knew you know like who does um, not uh, in Tony, any other books Tony sort of intimates that he knows at the end of this because it's just like I'd be an idiot not to know. Well, let's like, be Tony okay. then because nobody else does. Um, yeah, no, the Avengers don't know. The Fantastic Four right. does though. He re- yeah, he revealed the Fantastic um, Four. Anyway, the, the, there's, some, there's like not flashback but flash forward sequences by a few different artists. Uh, one of them is Kano uh, who, who uh, was in Mortal Kombat I think. And then, yeah, um, and then uh, sec- sections by Nathan Fox. Ooh. Uh, and, and, and I mean, dude. Yeah, he's, he's ridiculous. 
and, and they like the pages are ridiculous. I put just one yeah. little tiny one that really caught my fancy uh, in the best panels of the week, and then the other one is a really long name that's Carmine de Giandomenico, uh, which which is sort of there were these three different things going on in the future, and each of the scenes, like the set pieces, were drawn by different artists, so they kept switching in between and out them, and then the present was drawn by. The regular team, um, it, it was just—it was very nice. It was really well done. The Nathan Fox art specifically, you know, blew me away. I think the story had—I was a little lost about some things. It wasn't entirely clear, um, but but it was a fun, like, sort of future tense tale that looks like it could have something to do with what happens now. And it, this was the death of, of Iron Man thing. So who knows if this is the actual death of Iron Man? But it was a good page that they showed us four months ago. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and and then uh, Iron Man five hundred point one is coming up as they've advertised in the books to the people already reading the books. <laughs> yeah, I just well, which I, I just don't get. I, people yeah. are totally going to come in from not comic shops, right? Because I heard about these these point one issues on on oh. page four forty section D of the USA Today, and I thought this is a fine time to jump back on. <laughs> oh um, man, but, it, it was it was it was like a fun uh, sort of tale, like an, sexy I, time. It's like an Elseworlds tale, but until that 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 uh, the Kano art was really good too. But the Nathan Fox he was art, from, he was from uh, Gotham Central, right? Yeah, I feel like it. God, it seems like all these great artists came from Gotham Central. They did. Yeah, amazing. I mean, yeah. Did he do Iron Fist too? So he's like a Michael Lark guy, right? He looks like Michael. Yeah, Lark. yeah, yeah. He, yeah he, he always shows up where Michael Lark is, sort of spot. But he did in this. You know what I mean? Like Stefano yeah. Gaudiano is another one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, he didn't in this. He looked more like his, whatever his style is. He didn't look like Michael Lark necessarily. But I think that's where he's from. I think yeah. he was the fill-in guy for Michael Lark on Gotham Central. But yeah. I mentioned Nathan Fox. Hoopa doopa. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm not kidding. Brightest Day 18 was a heartbreaker. Oh, just, it's just, it was just mean. It was a heartbreaker. Oh, so in this issue, uh, previous issues we've, we've learned the Hawks have figured out who has been sort of running their... The Hawkman and Hawkgirl have been reincarnated throughout time. They die, they get reincarnated thousands and thousands of years going back to ancient Egypt. That's been their curse. The curse of Hawkman and Hawkgirl, which has been kind of annoying, to be honest with you. But they found out that, that, uh, that her, her mother was behind it all. The mother-in-law, of course, was the villain. <laughs> and so they, this issue, they fight the mother-in-law. They finally defeat her. They kill the mother-in-law together in one foul swoop, which is also the best panel's feature. And so they're finally free of their curse. No more reincarnation. No more tragic love story. They can never be together. Now they can finally have a life together. They can finally be together. They can finally grow old together. This is a and, very sort of touching scene when they realize that. And they, they accomplish their mission according to the White Lantern. And they accomplish their mission. Life so returned. They, they start to get ready, get ready to do it on the floor of the museum. They start costumes flying off. And that was hot. That was good. They're ready to go. And then the White Lantern dead man shows up. And, and the Lantern says, now you must be apart. Yep. And they were like, screw that, we're not going to be apart. We just finally got to be together now. And the, the, the ring says, nope, you have to be apart. It makes say, no, no, we're not do that. no sense. You must, live, you must live life separately to live life stronger. Yeah, so then they, they say, no, we're not going to do that. The ring, the ring insists. And so then they say no again, the ring incinerates them. So they dead again. With, with, with the awful speech balloon, word balloon, please no, not when we're so close. Like, oh, I can taste, like they didn't even get to do it. Just let me finish. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so then at the last pages is just two mounds of dust. Yep, that happened to Thor once. Thor was okay, but <laughs> no, and the, and, and White Lander, Deadman, 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 Kate Deadman, attorney, <laughs> just holding his head and holding the dust and just because what you see, I don't like the fact that Deadman has no control over this White Lantern. 
Like yeah. it's just it's pulling him around and telling him what to do, and like it, that's, you know, that's no different than his dead man duties, though. True. No, no, he had a little more control over dead. He he could he could control who he jumped into and all that sort of stuff. But I don't know. I mean, like my my main problem with Brightest Day is that there's this big you know, o- overarching mystery as to what's going on and what is the White Lantern and what's doing. And we're 18 issues, like, I feel like we're, you know, we're 18 issues into it or half a year into it, and I still don't know what is the end game. You're, you know, it's 26 issues, so you yeah. get eight to go. Yeah. You're two-thirds through it. Yeah, uh, just, I, I still don't know what the end game is, so. Well, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a mystery. We'll find out in this in this arc, but this was just a heartbreaker. I felt so happy for them, and I felt for me, too, to be like, all right, finally, they're going to get rid of all this crap with the Hawkman and just let him be, and then they kill him. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, now they can start over. Well, no, they're dead. They're dead. Right, but they'll get resurrected. Two, two piles of, no, no the dead. resurrection's over. They're dead. They're dead. They'll get resurrected again. They're it's like, comics. Dead. They're dead. They're, they're dead. dead. Oh, okay. Well, that, yeah, sure. Uh, Never see them again. The rest of my life, no more Hawkman. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be amazing if that actually happened. <laughs> like, we'll be sitting around one day in 20 years. You remember the Hawkman? Oh, they really did kill him. Wow. <laughs> Never it was a mess back. anyway. <laughs> Your voice. Back in Batman seven thousand eight hundred and forty-two. We would be. How are we feeling about Scarlet number four? Kind of bored. Oh, I like it. I still like it. I, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't planning to talk about it this 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 week because I thought it was just it was a uh, another issue. But I'm still liking it. Here's the thing that I wanted to talk about about mm-hmm. it is that I just I can't. I, maybe if I was 10 years younger, I would have totally been into this. But now I, I don't know if I've grown too cynical or old or, or like I'm just like, ah, whatever, angry kids. Like well, I if just you were picture cynical, you'd like it. No, I, well, no, I guess that. Well, no, because you can't beat the system. So why bother all this stuff? Uh, I, you know, and that's you're, you're, a beat, you're a beaten down old man. No, I just feel there like, you I went, like it's like you went you go through that phase where you're like, you know, in college and you're, you're like, you know, the system is, is to, and it is. But I just I've heard this a million times in a million different ways, and I, I don't care anymore. The stuff that I found interesting was watching the the best scenes in this was was watching like the city have to deal with it. Yeah, like the, what the cops had to do, and the FBI guy who showed up, and the poor broken down detective who ended up like that stuff was really interesting. But everything with Scarlet, I was like, eh. well, I like. I mean, I, the thing is, we didn't actually get a lot of Scarlet in this issue at all. I mean, other than you know the argument with the friend, and then the the, right. the mother scene, I could have done without. I just don't um, care what happens to her. Yeah, well, no, I, like, I like. Yeah, I don't like her either. So that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. and I guess that's because I mean, because she killed some cops. Like it's really hard to get over that, even if they were assholes. Like you just like the part of my brain is saying that's not that's not going to help. Yeah. That's not going to get you anywhere. That especially like in the wake of stuff that happens in real life, you're just like this right. is you know it's just extremism in a different a different way. Um, and I I don't know I don't I'm not. I'm not connecting with it. Yeah, I know. I, I I enjoyed it. I mean, like I didn't think it, I didn't think this this issue was amazing or drop dead. You know, like oh my god, stop the world. But I didn't think it was b- bad. You know, I, I still I still I'm, I'm on a pretty much uh, uh, alternating love hate with Malieve's art. Like there's some pages where I'm just like wow, that's awesome. That's and then there are other pages where I'm like oh that cringing. You know. You know what? I guess is what it's looking when I think back about the stuff that Bendis has done in creator owned stuff before. Like I loved almost all of it. Like I yeah. really connected with it. And this doesn't feel anything like those things, which is fine. He can go do a different thing he wants, right? But like, it it's not. It doesn't feel like powers. It doesn't feel like torso. It doesn't feel like 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 Jinx, like that stuff. I just felt. I don't know. This doesn't. It lacks a, a passion to it, I guess, because I don't like. I don't know if I. Well, passion it. on your on your part. I mean, he's clearly very passionate about it. Maybe this just, it just doesn't it doesn't connect a, with you as a thing. But I don't yeah. know. It just it doesn't. Yeah. It's it seems like. Like forced, it's like forced punk rock sentiment. Like it, I don't think it, I don't feel like it, there's 
if there was something behind it, like where you're like, well, Bendis is very revolutionary. Yeah. But then again, he's trying to write a character that he's making up, and I get that. But it's wow, you sound, you sound, you could you could go right for Pitchfork now. It's, it's <laughs> criticizing the forced punk rock sentiment, like <laughs> someone's well, creation. You know, like, it is. <laughs> if you had a band who did this, if you had a band who wrote a bunch of songs about stuff like this, but you knew that that wasn't really what they felt, you wouldn't buy it. Right, but I don't know. That's not what it, he's writing it for a reason. I mean, I, I, I don't. We're, get, we're getting sidetracked, but I, I, I don't think no, it's. I mean, this, what's the what's the point of art? That kind of thing, like right. It just depends on this on the story. I mean, I, I I'm curious to know what his end game is. This ongoing? What is this? I, I don't. I'm I, again. I have no. Re- I, I don't know whether it's an ongoing or a miniseries. I think it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, Phil but, Noto. Yeah, uh, Wolverine and Jubilee number one was the surprise hit of the week. It was people are loving it. All it was fa- like put like and and don't get me wrong. I'm really excited to hear that Kieran Gillen's taking over on Kenny X Men. But if you told me Catherine Eminem was taking him, I'd be fine with it as well because she should. He's good. She's really good. It, she so basically this is focusing on Jubilee, the aftermath of the X Men uh, Curse of the Mutant storyline where Jubilee is now a, uh, a vampire, and they've had her in a cell and they're watching her. And they've injected her with a bunch of Wolverine's blood, his healing factor, you know, to try to get the healing factor to, to fight uh, the the vampire virus or whatever. And it seems to be working. Jubilee's all angry and she's all angsty and everyone's trying to help her and all this sort of stuff. And Wolverine kind of says, you know, steps up to Cyclops and says, you know, no, you know, like she's my problem, I'll deal with it. And Catherine Eminem just writes a really relatable realistic as realistic as it can be you know a bunch of characters and like there there are laughs there are you know she got across jubilee's frustration and anger really well and you, you understand what the what the premise of the problem is and phil noto just killed it on art it just looked great like seriously this was like i mean it this was like i i, I totally dismissed it and i flipped through it in the store i'm like i need to have this and i grabbed it it was great so that was uh my surprise pick of the week absolutely so Catherine Eminem can write the X-Men as much as she wants as far as I'm concerned Did you ever read Moving Pictures? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was all right. I, I wasn't too blown away by it. It was pretty esoteric. Yeah. But I, mean, I I liked the, I thought it was very good at mood. Yeah, no, it was very very good at mood. Yeah. So but um, um you know she's great. She's she's like I, I want to go back and I I've been meaning to go back and read Hellcat and all the stuff that she's been doing and now I'm going to do that. So Hellcat people wasn't that La Fuente? Yep, it was. Well, of course you're going to go back and read that. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Of course you are. Yeah. Uh, ben McCool. Will he finish this one? Who knows? <laughs> Memoir number one. I have, a, f- I have a feeling he will. I have a feeling the choker wasn't his fault. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, a, little, a little old school John Cassidy on the cover. I didn't know what this was at all. Like, So I just was picking it up, and I was like, oh, it's like a horror thing. Yeah, it's like a creepy like, thriller this is, thing. Yeah, this is like this is like Ryan Kelly, but not right. Well, yeah, Nikki Cook is very Ryan Kelly esque, um, uh, black and white. Mm-hmm. Again, talk about mood though. Talk about using black and white and shadows think, and things I like that. I think the mood yeah. was very good. I think yeah. the setting was very like the 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 backgrounds, the buildings, the whole emptiness of the entire place. That stuff was all there. Yep. Uh, the figures threw me off a little bit. Yep. Which is a little weird. And then, uh, I, and I guess this is nitpicky, but the email page, I was like, did no one finish this? <laughs> because it was just like, new message. It's just some text. I'm like, <laughs> it's very, sim- very simple. Very, uh, oh, but it got, across, it got across that it was an email. It and did. It, was, you know. it did. I, I don't know what's happening. I'm kind of interested. And I don't really like stories like this. I'm not like a horror guy. or a, yeah. But I'm a, little, I'm a little curious. I want to know who he's going to meet. Um, but if you like sort of that creepy... Uh, I don't know mystery horror. I I don't know. I feel like it was I was missing some information. I don't I don't know what to make of it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it's the first issue, so I mean, I think that's part of it. You know. Yes and no. I mean, yeah. I just have nothing to hold. I I want to read the second issue to see. 
if, if there's gonna be, I just don't know what I I, 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 I kind of see what you mean there and that in that where like I didn't really connect with the main character no yeah so like so I didn't so I'm not really rooting for him right now to find out what the what the mystery is to find out what the whole like I didn't I didn't there wasn't anybody who I immediately was just like yes I want to I want to follow this character through no the butcher the yeah. butcher was the best character in the whole thing yeah don't buy no meat here son <laughs> that was the best scene in the whole thing yeah you don't want any meat oh, okay no meat <laughs> bad things bad things but um but yeah no I mean but I'm curious I'll keep I'll, I'll keep you know I'll stick with it just see where it goes um and at least, hey, it proves that John Cassidy didn't forget how to completely draw no. on that cover. Good cover. Yeah, it was actually a really good cover, actually. Uh, Is that supposed to be the reporter? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> yes. don't don't point it out. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that's Elijah Snow or Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, con season is starting back up again. Whether you like it or not, all the conventions are starting to. The March is packed with conventions, and the the biggest one it seems to be is coming up is C two E two in Chicago, the second year of uh, that show, and it's going to be from March eighteenth to the twentieth, and they're going to be in the West Building at McCormick Place in Chicago, and tickets are still available, and they've got a great VIP ticket package for one hundred fifty dollars where you get to all access to the floor as well as access to the VIP lounge, and you know what happens there. Um, there are refreshments and coat check. Yes. Lap dance, lap dance. Um, no. you, get, you get a signed Ivan Reese C2E2 poster, uh, a couple of Marvel C2E2 variant comics, including Amazing Spider-Man number 642. Um, a ton of great people are attending C2E2 this year, including Brian Bendis, Ivan Reese, Adam Hughes, Ben Templesmith, Cliff Chang, Gene Ha, Jeff Darrow, Mike Norton, Paul Cornell, Scott Snyder, Scotty Young, Tony Moore, and tons more. Go to C2E2.com for all the details. You can order your tickets there. Um, it's definitely going to be a convention you're gonna, you, you don't want to miss if you're in the Chicagoland area or you're looking for a vacation to the lovely Chicago area. You want to go do the Sears Tower and all that fun stuff, the it's Bean. Not, it's not, it's yeah. not called that anymore. Oh, no, yeah. It's some fucking other place. It's, some, it's called you know, the Sears Tower. It'll always be the Sears Tower, Damn you sons right. of bitches. Um, but, yeah, so go to C2E2.com. Get all the details and get your tickets while you can. I loved Young Justice number zero. Was it good? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I wasn't going to buy it, but I was looking at it when I was at the store, and I thought, you know what? I really enjoyed the Batman the Animated Series cart comic when that came out. That was a really good, well-done companion piece. I thought I'd give it a shot. I like Mike Norton. He's a good artist. So I picked it up, and it was basically an in-between-the-scenes kind of issue. The first opening scene and the last opening scene, which are two pages each from the show itself, same dialogue and everything. And then the in-between is the stuff that happens between the scenes and it was fun it was really good cool so if you enjoyed the show if you're one of the two million plus people who watched the show huge re- yeah great then, re- re- showing didn't it then, then check it out more people than watch Mad Men watched uh, Young Justice that's so, crazy so check you know if any it's just a piece of you then it'll be the biggest comic in all of comics and Mike Norton will get the recognition he deserves yeah fantastic uh, great um, so Buffy the Vampire Story number 40, our long national nightmare of season 8. How many of years, Buffy. Ron? How many years is it? Is it four years? I think it's oh, been six. Like four years. Yeah, oh. it was early in the podcast. Well, yeah. Um, uh, this last issue was written by Whedon, um, and George's Jaunty again finishes out. Give it up for George's Jaunty, by the way, for this, great com- yeah, gra- this complete run. Like, talk about a, a life's work. Jeez. Who'd, wow. who'd have thought that you would finish watching the entire TV series before this ended? I know. Well, that was my goal, and I did it. But um, <laughs> uh, my question is why do all modern comics seem to end up in San Francisco? Mm. It's just weird. Now the whole gang is in San. They settled in San Francisco after everything that happened, and um, it was just it was just a uh, it was a, a to be uh, somewhat in my mind to be expected ending. In that it just you know everything kind of ended. Everyone's kind of unsettled, but you know the the fight goes on. I liked it actually yeah. a lot more than anything I've liked from Buffy in probably a year. Yeah, but that's because. 
there was no big story. There's no convoluted plot. It was just yep. the characters sort of living. Yep. And in that sense, you can't really beat Joss Whedon dealing with those characters just sort of living. And the dialogue and was dialogue was fantastic. Was fantastic. What, yeah, and yeah. there was a lot of yeah. funny moments. And and that I was kind of re- I finished it. And I thought, man, this is what I've been missing in this book for yep. a year. Yep. But I don't, you know, good good ending. But I'm not. I'm definitely not going to continue on to season nine. Are they going to do season nine? Yeah. yeah, starting in 2013. Oh. Oh, and give then, me a and break. Then, Jeez. And going 2025. Yeah. yeah. And then Hawkman will come back. <laughs> Never. Uh. Never. Never. Where's Hawkman? Uh, I, I mentioned that I gave four stars to the pick of the week, Hellblazer. Uh, I actually, the only book I gave five stars to this week was Northlanders, Northlanders number 36. Oh. Part, doesn't that part, make it your pick of the week, Josh? No, uh, part two of it was just really, really well done. It was a two-part story: the girl and the ice, and like tragic. It's one of these things that Brian Wood, uh, Brian Wood, does these non-story stories. Yep, like we're like you're waiting for something to happen, and that thing doesn't happen, and the dude just dies. Yep, and but like this was a story about dudes in the wrong place at the wrong time. Somebody's got to pay, and he just comes to accept it, and like it shouldn't be happening, and it does, which is. You know, it's like that's that. It, that's a perfect picture of injustice in the world. Uh, and, and I got the range on on Becky Cloonan. Yep. Uh, I can't. You can't pin her down. Um, and this was just desolate and quiet and just just really well done. Some uh, fa- last- some fantastic full pages like the the mm-hmm. the topography and like the the long shots she does. Yeah. They're just oh, they're great. And, it, yeah. uh, uh, and to see like a like an overhead shot of Reykjavik in, in yep. eleven sixty eight. Yeah, <laughs> Dang, that's that's badass. I was yeah. like, was it that this, small? This is a great this is a great story arc. It was really good. Yeah, just two two issues, and it's just it was just how you do that right. Yeah. Another one of these books, like I, I have no idea how this book is surviving. Yep. None. No idea. Don't it, care. I think it I'm sells well in trade. I, I hope so. I know a lot of people do read it in trade. I read it in trade. So, um, Amazing Spider-Man number six fifty-two. Um, I hated Stefano Caselli when he was on. It was the Initiative, right? Avengers: The Initiative. No, the no. It was the Secret uh, Avengers, Secret Warriors. Oh, so it was the Secret Warriors. Yes, it was. No, but he did something before that too that I hated him on too. Oh, I don't know about. I didn't hate him as much in this issue. He was great in this issue. Yeah. I, thought. I loved the art in this. There were there I were moments like, there, there were moments that reminded me that why I didn't like him, but but all in all, it, it wasn't as bad as I remembered. So this is also the best thing I think Slot's written in forever, or at least really? the thing I've liked most that he's written in forever. I really like this issue a lot from top cool. to bottom. Nice, uh, which is good because I was you're uh, shaky prior to p- opening this issue up. I thought you know maybe I should just stop for a while. But yeah, and I read this and I really liked it, so we'll see. Maybe this is going to be like an arc to arc. I have one. I have one problem though is that I don't buy Peter and Carly together. Like I don't feel the I don't feel the emotional bond there yet. Because you're yeah you know I I don't I you know for some reason it just does and maybe you were not supposed to yet or whatever but like I just feel like it was just kind of tacked on and now we're just supposed to accept it and it I kind of happened very suddenly to yeah. the last the last arc not arc but last team of people yeah and they never really got to explore them dating now they're just all yeah of a sudden dating now they're just right. together and it's like oh right. but but yeah, um love Jane's in that world and everybody yeah. knows it yeah no she's in the world yeah she I know so so you know. That's what I mean. Like, so everybody knows that. So and there's all, and there's there's also always that tension every time Mary Jane Peter and whatever girl yeah. that Peter's with. Yeah. So, um, which was played out well. She was kind of jealous because Peter had gotten his life together with Carly and not with her. And yeah, so. which was great. Yeah. But um, and the backup story by by Fred Van Lente and Riley Brown, I thought was good. It was really good. The Power Man it's, story. It's, it was. It's a good. It's this was a really good issue. Yeah. Yep. A good bundle. Right. Morning Glories number six. This is an interesting book. I mean, it's still good, but it's sort of all over the place, which I think is all right because it is a six issue six of a long planned miniseries or series, I guess you want to call it a yep. long long mystery. So we're still sort of learning things, and it's sort of the camera keeps swinging wildly. Like yeah. we kids for a while, and now we're on this back this new character, which is fine. It's just that 
I, I, I there's a there's a skeench lack of cohesiveness to this to the story, which keeps it from being great. I think it's just, I think it's good. I hear that. I hear that. I don't. I, I I'm every now and then just when I like the last couple issues were like sequential and we're like carrying through a story, and now we're yeah. at a new point, and and I understand that, but it's just like I feel like I'm getting jerked around a lot. Well, I mean, yeah. t- to be fair, Spencer, who's writing 97 titles at the moment, has never made it to issue six. True. Like, this is the longest thing he's ever written. And there's probably, yeah. you, know, you know, he's good. There's no doubt about it. But there's still going to be some, some learning to be done. And, and maybe, you know, this was a story that's part of it, but maybe it came too soon. Uh, and no, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that at all. I think there's a certain scalped-esque meandering to this book that, mm-hmm. you know, where you go, you sort, of, you sort of don't go straight ahead, you go around. I think that you can totally do that, but you do have to. Sometimes it takes a little more establishment before that. That's welcome. Sure, I see that. I no. the, the, all this is interesting. Introducing a new character, which isn't necessarily you know, they just spent a whole issue introducing this character, which is good. I thought this was actually a really interesting story that he told in this issue. Yeah, that was really yeah, yeah. It was good. So that in that yeah. sense, it's just I just I don't feel the urgency that I felt in the first couple of issues. That's sort of dissipated a bit, but right. well, it's it's like any relationship. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Cool. So those are the books that came out this week that we enjoyed. And you can find out all the books that ship every week at ifanboy.com slash comics, where you can do your pull list and come back on after Wednesday and rate and review your books. And you can uh, leave a detailed review of comics that you might like or didn't like, uh, much like these reviews that we're going to read now. Our first review is Wolverine number 5 by Scorpion Masada. Uh, who reviewed Wolverine number five, gave it a four, the story a four out of five and the art a three out of five, and nobody made it their pick of the week at this point in time. So just say that, nobody. No one. Uh, uh, Scorpio Masada says, in what seemed like a somewhat silly premise for a Wolverine story, Jason Aaron has merged the Wolverine mythos, mythos with the classic heroic tradition, the tradition of descending into the underworld and returning alive. Wolverine goes through the most arduous adventure of his life by accomplishing what, what heroes like Orpheus and Hercules have done before him. And like Hercules, Wolverine has a, has a problem with self-control. And like Orpheus, Wolverine tries to save his love from hell. This issue hinges on these tragedies as, as we see Wolverine severing, severing arch enemies and family ties in an attempt to ascend out of hell and bring some loved ones with him. Um, again, screw the, screw the main story. Give me the backup by Jason Latour. <laughs> My God, I love, I love it. I want him to be like the ongoing artist. Yeah, He's good really luck good. with that. That's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Um- yeah, I think I think one of the things that bugged me about this is that I don't stick with Wolverine sort of non, you know, ongoing forever. So I wanted there to be a bit more of an ending than there was with this. But I know that's the nature of comic books. Yeah. You know, so like at the end it's like and here's the next thing. So I don't know it's going to I just wanted it to be like five story, five issue story, cap it off, do the next thing. That would have made me kind of happy. But So uh, Sabretooth is dead now, right? He's dead too. Uh, I, I guess. Well, yeah. He got cut with a blade that you cannot heal from. But yeah, he and he like, got, got his head he's, severed. He's dead. Is dead. 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 Right. <laughs> you know so he's a Hawkman and never coming back. Uh, one would hope. <laughs> Although I would read a Hawkman Sabretooth miniseries, like Buddy Buddy series, them on the road, stuck in hell trying to get back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are there roads in hell? Of course, yes. all roads lead to hell. They're, they're, yeah, they're, and they're congested. Yep. Hell is driving Maybe. across the United States, like the middle section, where there's nothing to look at. Hell is trying to get from Brooklyn to Queens. At 5 and o'clock in the afternoon? Like, yeah. yeah and having, <laughs> no, no it, just in a regular day when it's not supposed ooh, to be. That, that is a great book. Hawkman and Sabretooth stuck on the BQE. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
at and it's not, rush hour. It's not. And no, it's not. Somewhere in an hour. It's not even any specific time. It's when you have to be somewhere. Because yeah. when I don't need to be anywhere, the Bikui is like smooth sailing. It's like yeah, dramatic, <laughs> a dramatic moment in issue four is when they get to the Kosciuszko Bridge. Why is there traffic? There's no traffic. There's no reason for this traffic. That's for just the whole. Then you whole, get past it. Like, well, what happened? Yeah, what, what did that? There's no. There's nothing there. There's literally all the reasons because you can't see over the bridge. I think that's what causes it. No, I think it yeah. slows down because they yeah. can't see over. So yeah. They, Oh, oh fucking Costco. Everybody like 90 90 98% of the audience now is like what the f- shut up. <laughs> it's like a Seinfeld it's like a Seinfeld episode. Costco bridge and they can relate. <laughs> it is awful. <laughs> awful. Oh. Uh, next one up Mount New Jersey which could be a command and it could be a place. I don't know. Mount NJ of Supergirl number 60 gave the story a 5 out of 5 in the art of 4 out of 5 and the pick of the week percentage uh, at the time the script was compiled. Seventeen percent. Wow! Book at the time of the script was compiled. Wow! What a pleasant surprise! I had been dreading this book, and it was my first first read in the stack. I just did not see how I could enjoy this book after the Gates Eagle Run because it was one of my favorite monthly books, and always had a blast reading it. Never wanted to end. Supergirl was my Power Girl, and Gates Eagle were my Palmiati Gray Connor. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, who knew the DC could have could strike lightning? Could have lightning strike twice. Power Girl and Supergirl were very much in their own bubble world, and that was all right, except for the occasional Superworld crossover for Supergirl. Like Winnick and Power Girl, Spencer, Petey have set up a great story that reacts to the rest of the DC universe as before they were somewhat isolated. What I like especially about Spencer PD is that they are continuing to grow Kara in the world already created. We saw a reintroduction of villains who were in the Gates run, but added what could be Kara's Lex Luthor into the mix. Gates gave us a bizarro Supergirl, and Spencer PD went one step and gave us her own Lex Luthor. I don't think it's any coincidence that his name is Alex. Minus the A, you get Lex. So this was Nick Spencer's aborted first issue. where he Remember, he was announced as the Supergirl writer, and then about a week later, he was announced as not being Supergirl writer. <laughs> Oop, I gotta go do Iron Man. Yeah, so this was he co-wrote this issue with the new writer James PD, or I'm sure he just plotted it and PD PD wrote over the plot, which I'm sure is what happened. But uh, um, this was strong. This was really good. The new Lex character is a college student who hates Supergirl, and he made an app where you can uh, find superheroes all over the you know wherever you are, and it maps them. Nick loves Nick loves that. Yeah, so he's uh, he's getting, he's created a way for people to to track superheroes, and this is going to lead to some nefarious scheme where you can see where they are are at all times. So they're being People are running around Metropolis taking photographs and mapping them. And so it's, uh, I don't know, it was good. And there's like, you know, sort of a reintroduction. So if you've ever read Supergirl before, this is, this is a good place to start. You get to know all the characters again. And, and, and it's, it was really strong art from Bernard Chang, I believe, was the, the artist. So. I, I listened to, to Nick on, on, the, on the Word Balloon show. I mean, this was not unthought out. I mean, like, it sounded like he'd put a lot of work into this before not doing it. No, no, it was, it's, this is a very much a Nick Spencer book for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but uh, we'll see where it goes when he leaves or he's gone. Whatever happened, happened. Who knows? Iron Man. He's over so, with Iron Man. Iron Man two point zero. Two point zero. War Machine. <laughs> so yeah, of course I'll have an app. Uh, so go to ifanboy.com slash comics. Do your poll list. Come back and rate and review your books. You can get on the show. Good times. Now you've heard us. You've heard us say it before. Ifanboy is listener member supported. Uh, still true. Always was, and, and, and now also. If you listen to the show and you want to help out, if this is a big part of your life and there are things that you can do, you can click on the banners on ifanboy.com, support those people because they're supporting us and, and patronize their services. You can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, and you can click on the little Powered by Amazon button there if you don't want the stuff that's laid out on the page. Um, and that'll take you to Amazon proper, and anything you buy there uh, comes back to us. And that, uh, that's actually that's a pretty big deal for us. So if you, you do that, it doesn't take any effort on your part. A um, little tiny bit of effort, but it's a really good way to help 
Uh, you can buy shirts. We have Fear Agent shirts left. I, I wore mine proudly the other day, and, and it turned out that Rick Remender had a child that day. So I'm it's just amazing saying. the power of the Fear Agent shirt. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, you can, and then finally, the, the best, most direct way to help out is to be an iFanboy member. And uh, one of the great things that I love hearing is that we'll get voicemails and emails from people who are like, I got my member package. It was, you know, they were really glad to get the T-shirt. They liked the buttons. Uh, you can get a little handwritten note because we care. Uh, and, and it really makes us proud that not only were people happy to, to support the site, but you know, that they, they like, they like giving back and they're really happy about it. Uh, for $4 a month or $42 a year, depending on how you want to do it, uh, you can get uh, a comic book and a button and uh, some stickers and, and the satisfaction of knowing that, that you're taking part in, uh, in keeping this whole thing going for us and for you and for everybody else. You, if you're, if you're a member, you're, you're definitely paying somebody else's tab. Uh, or for $10 a month, you get all that plus a t-shirt or a hundred dollars a year uh, if you want to pay it all in one lump sum. Um, that is the best way to do it, and uh, we thank every single one of you uh, for, for, for chipping in. It's, uh, it's awesome that you would do that. Uh, and if you've been thinking about it, now would be a really good time. That would be very helpful. Yeah. It's the holidays, right? So go no. to iFinboy.com slash store, and that's, uh, that's where you can set that up. It is it's not cold and snowing. I figured it was still the holidays. Yeah. Email. Jordan writes and says, Ever since Brand New Day combined all the Spidey books into one, I've really been digging Amazing Spider-Man. The fact that it often takes place separate from other events in the Marvel Universe has made it easy to read just the one title without feeling the overwhelming need to run out and buy a bunch of tie-in titles. Instead, it focuses on Peter Parker and his close community of friends and other supporting characters, letting everything build to a satisfying conclusion, like it did with the Gauntlet and the Grim Hunt. Similarly, I've recently, I've finally gotten around to reading, getting a reading of Starman Omnibuy, and I've enjoyed the way it also remains in its own storytelling bubble, focusing on the story of Jack Knight and Opal City. In the past, I've always also enjoyed books like Runaways and Incredible Hercules for also managing to take place in the Marvel Universe while still focusing almost exclusively on their respective characters. What other recent runs of superhero books have been able to tell stories inside of the Marvel DC Universe that exist only on their own without being caught up in the events and crossovers that so many books are frequently dragged into? He named a lot of them. Yeah, he really did. Uh, <laughs> I got to, I, I, took the work yeah. out of our hands. <laughs> I was uh, pow- Power Girl? Is that? Absolutely, Power Girl, yes. Um, current... The current issue, the current run with Judd Winnick is very tied into his Justice League Generation Lost books. Not that one. The Palmiati Gray Connor one is completely on its own. If uh, you were to go out and buy, um, th- there was an omnibus of Invincible Iron Man, and you just kind of read it on its own. Oh, yeah, that, that I, existed I, on its own, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, th- there was stuff going on out there, but you didn't really need to know about it. So th- yeah. that was a really good one. Also, um, the entire Bendis Daredevil run stand- stood on its own. Brubaker and Fraction on Iron Fist, that stood on its own. Captain America. Captain America. Yep. Yeah. Uh, more than more than you'd think. Interesting. A lot of pre-Civil War stuff. Yeah. Jonah Hex. The, uh, the Hickman <laughs> Fantastic Four runs all on its own. Uh-huh. Yep. Or so was, or go back and read go back and read the Wade uh, Ringo Fantastic Four run. That was all on its own too. More yeah. books than than you'd think are are on their own. It's just you just we get caught up in the crossovers which don't happen it, as much as you would think. Yeah. Most yeah even, books are even, in their own bubble. Even Batman and Robin. Yeah. And Robin, even Batman in general, the whole Morrison's Batman runs pretty much on its own. Yeah, yeah, Green, Green Lantern, the past couple years of Green Lantern? <laughs> well, no. Oops. <laughs> no. Um, but it's funny because even with four Bat books going on, they Fla- all, like, you didn't have to read all of them at all. They didn't have anything to do with one another. Flash is on its own, even though it's technically a Brightest State crossover. Oh, but that's totally it's on its own. But it's only six issues. Yeah, yeah, and don't go, don't go back to that... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, most a lot of these books are. They're just, you know, the 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 thing is, people think they're all connected. They're really not. Yep. Ultimate it's, Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man, well, except for the crossover with Ultimatum. But well, yeah, but that they they forgot that as quickly as possible. So, all right. Oh, what? 
So um, cool. Well, there's some there's some options there, and you mentioned Hercules and Starman. So good. I started reading the new the last Omnibus. Oh. So good. Anyway, um, all right. Our next email comes from uh, Jason, who writes in and says, "On you guys' podcast a few weeks ago, maybe oh. bef- maybe before the holidays, you, oh. you were talking about Hawk- Hawkeye and Mockingbird continuing in the Widowmaker mini and Punisher becoming a mini now, and suggesting that this is the future for these books because they don't sell as ongoings. But both Marvel and DC are publishing more titles, and I almost I thought that was another word. But more titles, and I think the main problem is just that the market is so flooded with stuff now that there's no room for anything. That's why it all gets canceled so fast. In only two th- in only two thousand three Mar in just well that's that's not a good sentence. In only two thousand three, Marvel will putting out like less than forty books per month now. There's like seventy, eighty, and ninety. Whoa! <laughs> oh my God! If you do one like that, I'm gonna do one like like Aquaman from Maine. It'll be awesome. Um, well, Jason, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I haven't checked those stats, but there are, there are more books now. Yes, there, there are, there are yeah. definitely more books now, and it's funny because they're more expensive. And I, I more, more, more. It's like yeah, the '80s but, all over again. But man, that I mean, the the the, the mini thing that's semantics. Yeah. It really is. It's just you the know, name of the top on the cover. Yep. Yeah, and and the fact is, when they decide they don't want to do it anymore, they just put the overall number back on. They do it over and yep. over again anyway. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think that the number of titles is absolutely a problem. Like, it's too much. They're really going after their core market to try to subsidize everything yeah, by instead giving of stuff going for new happen. readers. They're just trying to get the current readers to read more. Yep. Right. That's that's and really by, that's by, been comic strategy for twenty years. By convincing them that they have to read this, this is the story you can't yeah. miss. Everybody, everything is going to change. Yep. Because there's that, and there's that outside chance that, hey man, we may not reprint this, and if we if we do, it might be a long time from now. So you you better get it now, especially if it's DC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, All um, right. next. I'm. I, I was. I just. I was looking at Green Lantern Corps, and I was like, that thing is at fifty, at number fifty six. Yeah. Crazy. Well, it was a top ten book during Black as Night. Yeah, that's well. That, yeah, top five book during Black Night. I love that. I love that. Uh, I think it was Green Lantern Corps, or it might have been the other one that I dropped. I don't know, but the, the their cover was the big uh, Sinestro logo. Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. It's not even Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, so. I think Emerald Knights had a Red Lantern cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah. It was <laughs> love it. Uh, Charles writes in and said, "I can't buy an Ed Brubaker Marvel superhero book monthly, nor a Matt Fraction, Brian Bendis, or Mark Miller." This way, either. In fact, I barely read the things anymore. However, I never hesitate to buy an issue of Criminal, Incognito, Casanova, Nemesis, and Superior. I find their work in their creator-owned stuff to be more to my liking. How do you guys feel about their creator-owned work versus their contract work? Also, what is with uh, what is with Icon and One World title, One Word title? <laughs> what is with Icon and what is World with, Who are the ad wizards behind that one? <laughs> and out of those books, what do you think is best? Uh, what's with Icon and One Word titles? It's catchy. That's how you sell a movie. Uh, two. Uh, well, anyway, so uh, well, what do you, I mean, I I think I know what your answers are going to be. I know what Ron's answer is going to be. Answer for what? The, well, why don't you just answer for us? Then? Why, don't, why don't you just tell right. me? Why, why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you want to well, see? Ron, you uh, like all you like all of the things that those guys do. You like the flavor of a little bit of, yeah. of their superhero stuff, and yeah. and vice versa. I don't really uh, see a distinction. But I don't think they're giving more effort on their creator own stuff than their than their. Then they're non. I think that they're still putting as much blood, sweat, and tears into Captain America or Avengers or anything like that. You know, even more so. I think. Uh, I think that works. I think their creator-owned work suffers because they're working so hard on the other stuff. So I think I think Ed Brubaker's creator-owned stuff has been a lot stronger than his. Which creator-owned stuff? stuff? Well, like like uh, Incognito and Criminal. Just over the when, past couple when, of years. When did they come- yeah, well, no, it's, it's true. I think uh, whatever he's doing outside of comics is taking precedent over his comic work or not his comic work. Cause his, what his is that? Creator on stuff's not coming out. I don't know, but it's not. 
I don't I don't think it makes it better because it's creator owned. I think you can tell when when Criminal is at the top of its game, it's it's one of the best books, but I don't think it's been be, you know, because I don't for whatever reason. I think you can I mean incognito you can say the same thing about the second I just think whatever gets the most energy is the best stuff they're writing. Well the, then it's just Avengers that... stuff might be the best stuff or it's definitely not powers because powers isn't coming out and it's it's I've... uh I feel like there is a thing where if the guy, if the if the writer, or the creator is doing the thing that they sort of They're want to do naturally, yeah, yeah. then then that's going to feel more natural. Whereas you know, a lot of times you're you're trying to squeeze, you're trying to squeeze them into the box of the superhero world sometimes, and that doesn't come out quite as smoothly. I guess maybe maybe you just don't like superhero stories. That's that's entirely possible. Um, I know I've certainly felt like that. But you can tell, I mean, Bendis loves writing the superhero stories as much as he loves yeah. writing his creator on stuff. Bendi- Bendis that. is definitely a guy that, you know, you can like one thing more than the other, but I don't, I don't think his stuff is better. I think he does everything. Miller, on the other hand, I think is putting more into the creator on stuff than... Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. But he's he goes, hey, wait a minute. Yep. No, he gets Look it. how this yeah. works out for me. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, but I don't think he's phoning it in. I mean, I, I, there's other guys like that. I, I think Remender puts everything into all those books. Um, you know, just as an example, the guy who's done creator owned and and well, yeah, well, he stopped his creator owned so that he could do that. All right, but brother got Bill. He just had a baby. I said, come on, right? No, That's I know. Yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not questioning the decision. Yeah, I'm just no. saying it's not like it's not like Remender is trying to do Fear Agent, Strange Girl, and all this other stuff while he's doing Punisher stuff. Like he said, he drew a line in the sand, going, "I'm doing Marvel stuff now." You know, and so and he's focused on that, which you know maybe that's the right way. Who knows what the right or wrong way to go? I don't. I don't know. I don't, who are we to judge? So anyway, shoot us an email. Uh, contact at ifanboy.com. Uh, love to hear from you. You never Discount write. Discount comic book service gives monthly specials up to seventy five percent off. Seventy five percent off any of those books we talked about on the just that last email. You can get them at Discount Comic Book Service. Forty percent off all the major publishers. A flat rate shipping of five ninety five on all U S orders. You can buy anything in previews. And they have 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock on their website, which is at dcbservice.com. Excellent. On to the voicemail. Our first voicemail has got a question about manga. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Adrian from L.A. And uh, I've seen a couple of times on your site that you mention manga you've read or want to read. And um, given that you guys almost always talk about Western comics, and I'm mostly a Western comics reader, I was just wondering what manga have you guys encountered and that you liked and that you would suggest to – Western readers who haven't read manga. Uh, all right, thanks. I thought he was talking about westerns for a while. <laughs> so I was like, Jonah Hex. Oh, oh, shit. Wait, damn. He meant um, western as in, like, us, American. Yeah. If you, go, if, you, if you go back, you can see we did a, we did a show on manga once uh, where we proved we really knew nothing about manga, which is why we don't talk about it that much. No, nothing. Uh, where, we, where we picked a few series. But, uh, you know, here and there, we've, we've definitely all read things that we liked. Uh, manga is just like any other comics, you know. There, there's things, there's all sorts of different kinds of comics. So whatever it is you like, I've been reading Pluto. Lately. Pluto. I was just waiting it. for you to stop talking so I can yell Pluto. There it's fantastic. Uh, I'm, two, I'm two volumes away yeah. from finishing it, and I can't wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, and I've been I've been plowing through that pretty good. Hmm. Uh, you know, the other than that, you know, there's there's uh, Molly McIsaac on our site often writes about manga. She just did a story uh, about the stuff you should be looking for. No, but things, yeah, things like One Piece are are, are tons of volumes. with this is to be really good. Twentieth Century Boys. I mean, there's they're, 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 since we've done that show, at least my personal awareness of manga has gone up. I haven't read them, mind you, because the tons of volumes stuff like that. But I dove into Pluto and I'm and totally enjoying it. And that, that's the one I recommend to everybody now because it's it's only eight volumes it's you can yeah. yeah you know it's it's totally digestible that's where i would start so cool project x challengers project well it's out of print now so it's like that 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 moment has passed 
But um, anyway, so our next voicemail is just we're going to let it stand on its own. Hey, what's up, I fanboy? My name is Gil. I uh, have been reading the Joker series from 1975, and it's like really hilarious. It's pretty hilarious, you know? Like the Joker has this uh, hideout called the Hacienda, <laughs> and it just cracks me up, man. But uh, I was <laughs> I was just wondering if you guys know of any <laughs> if you guys know of any series, you know, like particularly back in the day that focused on one villain <laughs> or something of that sort. You know, nothing too current like Secret Six or Lex Luthor in Action Comics, but uh, <laughs> anything you know would be appreciated. <laughs> Thanks. Peace. So, does he just have some really good shit, or <laughs> something? It was a party over there. That's all I know. Somebody tickling him, or <laughs> listen, did... listen, Dave's not here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, right. If you have a question, you can email us at one, or you can call us at one eight eight fanboys. It's one eight eight three two six two six nine seven. Um, we've got another podcast called I Fanboy Don't Miss where every week we talk to a creator who's uh, about a book that's coming out that Wednesday that you absolutely cannot miss and this week we're going to be talking to artist Ryan Kelly uh, fan favorite writist uh, fan favorite artist uh, who drew uh, the New York Five number one uh, written by Brian Wood coming out on Wednesday so you definitely want to check that out he's a great artist and it's a, a series I'm highly anticipating so New York Five number one if you're going to be in Brooklyn or in New York City or around the area, the tri-state area, we'll have our 10th anniversary party and live show this week, January 28th. So Woo-hoo. if you're in the area that day, come by. Bergen Street Comics, 8 o'clock. The show time is, I think that's when we start the show, so get it a little bit early. There's not going to be a lot of seats. There's a lot of people RSVP'd already on Facebook for more than we thought. So some of you will be doubling up on chairs. It'll, Ooh, someone can sit on Paul's lap. It'll be awesome. Uh, we so did. come by, check it out. There's an information on top of fanboy.com if you want to be there. You can find out how to get there and all that stuff. We did not answer Gil's question. It's okay. I don't know I, what the question did, was. Answer, I, don't think was he, I don't think he'd remember the answer to be honest with the question. If yeah, you so. want to, answer it in the comments. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Go for it. Uh, go to ifanboy.com. That's where the comment section is. You can read my Pick of the Week review. You can comment on this episode. You can check all the other stuff that's going on there. Lots of uh, movie talk this week and lots of things going on. Uh, and all sorts of comic book uh, love love and thought those things to be put in there um, there's word balloon podcast and you can go to ifanboy.com slash about you can see you can hook up with us on the social networking links also you can find our vast podcast library uh, and the video show last week was an anthology show where Paul lifted something heavy over and over again it was very funny I, I talked the sexy talk and Connor was confused yep. uh, next week we're talking about vampires because we all need to get high ratings all right. <laughs> so you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave us a voicemail at 1888fanboys. It's 1888-326-2697. Any questions, topics to, of interest, anything you want us to talk about, anything you're curious about, email, call. We'd love to hear from you. You know, next week after the Vampire Show, we should do a show about Justin Bieber. Yeah, good idea. That'll, to- that'll we want to see download Skyrocket. Totally. That's what we have to start doing, Bieber shows. Justin, Justin Bieber and Betty White. That's all. All we're Bieber all the time. Yep. Not, even yep. just, not even Betty White, just Bieber. 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 Change to I Bieber. Register review on iTunes. Or better yet, tell your friends, tell Justin Bieber about us. Maybe he'll talk about us and people will come visit. I can talk about him. <laughs> yeah, we would like to so we'd like to buy a Porsche. So please, if you know Justin Bieber, tell him about us. Please. Please. <laughs> That's it for this show. All right. Show. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Justin Bieber. I'm also Justin Bieber. <laughs> 